my pleasure to welcome you here to the Clark Howard Show, where it's all about you and that wallet of yours. I want you to learn ideas from me so you can save more and spend less, and don't let anyone ever rip you off. Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com are our websites, and I want to tell you the team at Clark Deals is working so hard right now because the deals are coming fast and furious, almost like it's Black Friday. And this is for obvious reasons. The economy in a recession has led to people holding money more tightly and not being as willing to buy things that maybe in the past you say, yeah, that would be fun to have this, that, or the other. And the federal stats show that the actual inflation rate in the United States has been ultra, ultra, ultra low three months running statistically. Uh, going prices going down not up although really there's always things like I've talked about the groceries going up in price a lot while other things may be drifting downward but think about how retail works you've got companies that order inventory way far in advance and that inventory keeps on coming then you have a lot of retailers that are in bankruptcy you have a lot of retailers that in states that have been opening back up, have been reopening stores. They've got lots of unsold inventory. So there's deal after deal after deal. And I want to give you a sense of how wide these deals are because they're in virtually every category of consumer item you could think of. And almost everything that's a deal are things that we don't have to have, we just think, hey, that would be neat to have. An example, today, the Apple Watch Series 5, Best Buy has it at $299. That's a significant decline in what the price would normally be for an Apple Watch in the Series 5. In fact, it's at the point that you see a lot of the earlier series still priced. So that's a great deal at Best Buy in four different colors and Roku has come to dominate uh, video consumption in the home as we've spent so much more time at home watching stuff people have wanted an easy gateway and Roku really is the best Uh, that's not just my opinion it really is superior to the other video platforms at least for now till somebody comes up with something better and there's a roku 39 dollar 4k streaming product called the streaming stick plus that walmart has on sale today for 39 bucks and if you want to buy it at clark deals there's a link you just click on it it'll take you to where you can find that it's so easy to set up you just plug it into the usb of your TV and which is usually most TVs will be on the side some it will be on the back of the TV and then it gives you a whole new platform for watching video and 39 bucks to be able to do that is great and I want to do it I'm I know Joel and Kim are going to be like you're not doing that Clark are you I want to tell you that people are slowly starting to buy air travel again and I haven't really talked about anything involving buying a ticket anywhere for months now, but people are flying 
not anywhere near normal numbers, but the number of people traveling has gone up. And Southwest has a sale that's available the next couple of days for travel through the end of August that is zoned where, based on where you live, the fares are set based on distance, $49.79 or $99 one way. And the fares are, are, are not something you buy them and then later if you don't go, you say, oops, I lost the money. You're able to use the value of the money if you later think, you know, I don't want to go anywhere in July or August. So you are able to hold the money for up to a year to use penalty-free on other travel. And this is the first time I'm starting to see deals reappear in any significant numbers for travel as airlines have been completely flat on their backs with travel down more than 90%. Um, now not as bad as that, but still really, really a tough picture where the airlines have just been trying to figure out how to survive. And so this is a turn of the corner a little bit with an airfare sale and people actually being interested in booking it and potentially going somewhere. But the deals on consumer goods are pretty much across the waterfront. One of the big winners in retail so far through the really tough times with coronavirus has been Sam's Club. And Sam's Club has had a very well-executed strategy for delivery, for free delivery, if people buy their premium membership. There's a deal today from Sam's Club where you can join the regular membership for 45 bucks, and then you get back that $45 in various features and spending money and stuff like that. So your net membership the first year is essentially zero if you use all the throw-ins that you're offered. And those are just some examples that I'm referring to from Clark deals. But I want you to know that if your financial situation is secure and you are interested in in treating yourself for this, that, or the other, you're going to see prices that are much, much lower than you would normally see. As I told you a couple days ago, Amazon, having lost a lot of market share over the last three months, is trying to aggressively get market share back and is doing their summer sale. So you're going to see deals that are going to be the best we've seen outside of something like a Black Friday week or month since maybe 2009. And so the bargains are there if it fits your wallet. Now, we're answering your questions two ways. We both have you asking me questions directly, and we have that scattered through the show and in addition we have producers kim and joel asking questions you posted at clark.com ask and kim who do you want to start with today let's start with steve from illinois steve says i want to rent a vehicle in boston to go camping in the white mountain national forest all of the rental car companies i researched have clauses in their rental agreements that prohibit driving the vehicle on unpaved roads Most routes to state park campsites are unpaved roads. Any suggestions on how I can rent a vehicle without violating the car rental agreement because I don't want to put myself at risk if something were to happen? So the way you should do that 
is you should rent from an individual rather than from one of the major car rental companies. And there are two major players in this. There's Get Around and Kim or Joel, remind me the other one that Turo? Turo. T U R O dot com. And with these companies, individuals almost like an Airbnb for vehicle rental. And you may have someone who specifically puts a clause in that you can't take it on a gravel road that you might have at a state park. But I don't usually see clauses like that when you're renting this way. So looking at Turo and get around is a way most people who are trying to save money will rent a vehicle rather than going to one of the big traditional car rental companies. And I remember my brother, um, my middle brother, was going to New England last August and called me really a combination of whining and crying about how unbelievably expensive the car rentals were in Boston at Logan Field. And I told him about Turo and Get Around, and I don't remember which one he used, but he just raved about the experience and how good it was and, of course, how much money he saved. Joel? Clark Walt in Florida says, Recently I was messaged a question if I wanted to put a deal a decal on the side of my truck for a sports drink. Long story short, it was going to be 600 bucks for 10 weeks. And I agreed, and they said that they would send a check. But the check came, and it's for $2,995. Is this a scam? Yes, it is. This is uh, taking something that is a legitimate business known as vehicle wrapping and turning it into a way to steal money from you. The $3,000 approximately uh, dollar check you've been sent is a counterfeit. And it will likely deposit just fine in your account if you were to deposit it. The funds will clear. And then the crooks will ask you to send them back the overage in some kind of wire. Only later, usually it takes four to six weeks, that check will then bounce. And you're out all that money that you wired back to the crooks, the $2,400, let us say, that you wire back to them. That money's gone forever. So know that you should have no further contact with these people. They're just thieves. Kim? Anthony in Georgia says, I filed for unemployment back in early April. I was sent a form showing the amount that I was due. And now it is June and I've heard nothing else. I try to call, but the lines stay busy. I tried to email, but haven't heard back. Do you have any suggestions on how to move forward? By the way, this is my first time ever dealing with unemployment. I'm 60 years old. Well, first of all, I'm really sorry that you're experiencing unemployment right now. And there are a number of states, none in worse shape than Florida, but you said you're in Georgia, where unemployment compensation has been held up and you can't reach anybody. The system's broken. And the only effective strategy I've had for people is to figure out who your state legislator is, your member of your state house or state senate, or try both of them, and see if... Uh, your elected member can help get your unemployment flowing. You know, when a process and the political system is broken, the best pressure point to apply is to go to an elected official who depends on constituents for either votes 
or campaign contributions or both to try to solve a problem. And this has been an unprecedented cycle with such a massive increase in unemployment in such a short period of time. And many states had very antiquated operations for dispensing unemployment compensation. So it created the perfect storm that has left people adrift with no money to live on. So please make those calls today. You can find online who your uh, state legislator and state senator might be and contact those two folks. Joel? Clark, a little piggyback on that one. Uh, On Anthony's question, Caroline in Florida says, is there any way to decline going back to work due to the rising COVID number in Florida and still be able to collect benefits or unemployment? Generally, the answer to that is no. There may be a state or two or three that have exceptions for that. But as a general rule, once your employment is available again, if you refuse to go back, pretty much regardless of the reason, you lose your right to unemployment compensation. So you are unfortunately are going to have to make a choice that is a very difficult choice to make. Do you go back to work so you can bring a paycheck in, putting your health at risk, or do you get out there and as best you can try to find something else you can do that won't put you in as dangerous a situation? Because the third alternative is tough. That's no money coming in at all. So Uh, It is one where a lot of people have felt pushed into a a corner they can't get out of, and so they put themselves at risk by going back to work. I wish I had a simpler, easier answer for you. Jill joins us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Jill. Hi, Clark. How are you? Great. Thank you, Jill. You've got a good deal your way from a credit union. Tell me about it. Yeah, I do. I I know how you feel about debit cards, but the credit union that I use pays 2.5% interest on checking up to $25,000. So my question is, I mean, that's $600 a year, and that's a lot of money to leave on the table. And do you think that it's worth the risk to use my debit card? I have to use it 15 times a month. As long as in your daily life, it would be something you could routinely use an average of half a time a day. Make sure you always get the 15 transactions done. It's worth the risk for the money you'll make at the 2.5% because the credit union's using the merchant fees that they get from you using that debit card to subsidize what they pay you on the account. So the places you shop, places you eat are actually the ones that are giving you indirectly the 2.5%. Okay, I mean, I know I know that gas stations and online are places not to use it. Are those the only two places that you would say absolutely not to use a debit card? Now, I don't have a problem with you using the debit card at a gas station if you go inside, but okay. never at pay at the pump because of the vulnerability okay. of pay at the pump. Okay. But I would grab so, the 2.5% and run. Okay. All right. Well, that was what I, you know, I've heard you say they're just junk. Don't use them. They're debit cards. So Oh, I say I worse than that. To... I call them worse than junk. I call them the piece <laughs> of trash, fake Visa, fake MasterCard, debit cards. But you know, it's like with gift cards. So, you know, you hear me say why gift cards are not any good. 
But then, then at the same time, I'll say, but you know if there's a gift card that offers you $50 in spending for having paid $40 for the gift card, then the reward that you're getting makes it worth the risk of carrying a gift card. So okay. never dollar for dollar is not worth it with a debit card. If you weren't getting some kind of great reward, it wouldn't be worth using. So it really is a matter of with most anything in life, you need to think about the risk and the reward that comes with it. And in your case, the two and a half percent makes it worth the risk. Perfect. Well, I appreciate it. All right. Have a great day. You too, Clark. Glad you're with us here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you learning ways to keep more of what you have. Our websites are Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com. And I want to talk to you about something that we last saw very heavily um, in 2008. We also saw this very heavily back in 2000. And now in 2020, again, Small investors are speculating buying shares of stock in bankrupt companies. It's a big story in the Financial Times today is writing about how a lot of the failures, the bankruptcy filings of a variety of companies, retailers, um, Hertz Rent-A-Car, a bunch of others, that normally when a company files for bankruptcy, the stock gets what's known as delisted, and the value of the stock goes to near zero. But this time, even more so than in the last two cycles this happened, small investors are bidding up the stocks of bankrupt companies all across the, all across the horizon of uh, people in bankruptcy right now. And so in one day, one of the energy companies jumped 180% in value. Um, Hertz has jumped 800% in value, all based on speculative buying by small investors. A lot of people on Robinhood are buying stocks more heavily in bankrupt companies, reportedly over the last few days, than in traditional companies that are operating as normal. I don't know where this psychology has taken hold that the greatest place to make a big score is buying the stocks of bankrupt companies. But if you want to start talking about incredible speculative risk, buying any stock in any bankrupt company is it. Here's why. When a company goes bankrupt, they go bankrupt because they owe a tremendous amount of money to other people, and they have to try to either work out a plan where the people they owe money to generally take over the enterprise, or they end up liquidating. Very rarely do people who own the stock of a company as it goes into bankruptcy end up with any value at all from that company and the number of times it happens are so 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 tiny 
you're much more likely to be struck by lightning. To have a company that files for bankruptcy end up doing really well moving forward and more important, the people who own the stock in a bankrupt enterprise end up doing well. So know that this is an ultra high risk thing that people are getting involved in and I know that it's spreading on investing message boards. There's a lot of Reddit pages where people are talking up these stocks. But be careful if you do want to play this game. This is something that's fun for you. It needs to be play money, not real money that you're counting on for your future. What I call money that you can sleep well even if you lose all of it would be the circumstance where you put money in a bankrupt stock and yeah i know one or more of these that people are speculating on they're going to do fine probably but that's going to be the rare rare exception so we're alternating asking your questions here that you posted at clark.com ask and Kim, it's your turn, right? Yep. And uh, Chase in New Mexico wants to make this personal for you to follow up on your segment. He wants to know, is Clark still fully invested in the stock market? Well, I am. I have not sold anything, if that's what you mean. So I have a portfolio where because of my age, I'm a Medicare recipient now. That tells you how old I am. Anyway, 60, I'm turning 65 in a week. I have a portfolio where I have a big chunk, most of my money in stocks through funds, and then I have enough money to live on for a three-year period that's in municipal bond funds. So I have not changed any of those ratios, have not changed anything I've done. I have not sold a single share of any fund that I have and that's because I believe in the long-term strength of economies around the world and ultimately the US and I'm such a believer in what free enterprisers can do to create wealth for themselves and create a better life for people here in the United States and around the world so that's why even though it got scary for a while and it likely will again. I have made no changes, particularly because I have my backstop of the equivalent of, it's not cash, but the equivalent of having money in municipal bonds where I can draw on that if I need to, to live on if necessary and not have to sell stocks during a downtime. So it's all about um, how you allocate to deal with the level of risk that's appropriate for your age and stage of life. Joel? Clark Noah in Washington says, I'm 24 years old. My employer has stopped matching to my Roth 403B. Should I continue contributing to it? It's in a target date retirement fund. Or should I go ahead and put that money into my Roth IRA instead? Roth IRA. You know, a 403B historically will have much higher expenses built into it then you'd have, if you do a Roth IRA with one of the low-cost companies, like the ones I have on my investment guide at Clark.com. So given a choice 
with the 403B not having the match now, if you have the discipline to get the money that you would have put into it into your Roth IRA, do the Roth IRA. And I want to emphasize that if your Roth IRA is not with one of the low-cost companies, that is a very necessary change you need to make because the value to you over the next four decades of being in a, with a low-cost provider is enormous for the total amount of money and the financial security you create by being with a low-cost investment house versus one of the mid-price or high-cost companies. Kim? Erica in South Carolina says, Hi, Clark. I'm 27 years old, and I've been listening to your show since I was a kid. Thanks, Mom. I'm getting married, <laughs> and I'll be a first-time home buyer and have about 20000 saved up. So is it wiser to put down the biggest down payment possible or to make the minimum down payment and pay more each month towards my principal? Also, my family is encouraging a 15-year loan. However, I'm currently looking for a new job, so having to make larger payments on the 15-year loan worries me a bit. What do you think? Well, that's a lot right there. So first, congratulations to you for how much money you have gotten together for a down payment. And my regrets to you that you suffered child abuse having to listen to me when you were a young kid. And... As you look towards doing a mortgage, putting more down payment down is better than putting less. So the more you put down, the more likely you are to be able to avoid what's known as PMI, private mortgage insurance. It means that you'll have instant equity in that home. And because of your worries about having to meet that 15-year mortgage payment every month, I would say maybe you do go at least initially with a 30-year fixed rate. You'll pay about a half interest point higher. If your finances are incredibly great as you move through the years of home ownership, you can uh, pay extra on that mortgage if you wish, although interest rates are low enough now and what you're going to get on that mortgage, I would really actually prefer that you put more money aside in retirement accounts and investment accounts than worry so much about prepaying on that mortgage. Joel? Clark Andy in New Mexico says, you recently talked about COVID-19 procedures for hotels. I stay in motels, but assume the same applies. I cannot wash my hands every time I touch something in the room, and I am unable to sanitize everything. Is there any way to guarantee that the staff has cleaned every switch, knob, telephone, or anything I could touch? I don't make reservations and drive evenings, stopping usually between midnight and 2 a.m. So obviously there's no cleaning staff available when I check in. Sure. So this is one of those areas that involves calculated risk and a certain amount of trust. No matter what policies uh, individual property says they're instituting or a chain says that all their locations must follow, uh, this is going to be hit or miss with how well properties are sanitized and each uh, surface in a hotel room or motel room is sanitized. So one thing I can ease your mind with is the public health sector has said repeatedly, although coronavirus can live on surfaces, the principal way that it's transmitted from person to person and overwhelmingly is through people uh, essentially breathing towards each other, that 
it's not what happens with surfaces and it would have to be a fluke for that to be how you would get coronavirus at least based on what scientists know so far i mean one of the things that's frustrating to scientists is how little they still know after uh six months or six or seven months six or seven months of coronavirus and it's something they want to know everything yesterday it's taking longer than that so you know you want to wash your hands as often as you can use hand sanitizer i mean you should watch when i'm doing something out and about because i'm so conditioned from my wife getting me to where i'm i don't even know how many zillion times a day i wash my hands how many times a day i use hand sanitizer when i'm using disposable gloves and all that so um it's hard for me because i'm not somebody who's normally conscious of germs but i'll tell you that i would not be concerned in staying in a hotel taking the simplest precautions you can as often as you can this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance hey listeners whether you love true crime or comedies celebrity interviews news or even motivational speakers you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue right and guess what now you can call the shots on your auto insurance too Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget, giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Lisa's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Lisa. Hi, Clark. How are you? Great. Thank you, Lisa. How can I serve you today? So I uh, am some years away from uh, starting to take um, distributions from retirement. So in the meantime, I'm saving, saving. So um, I attended a webinar recently, and they talked about um, an investment vehicle that I wanted to get your thoughts on. Um, it is called a special design insurance contract. Oh, yeah. And it does <laughs> it uses indexing right. versus investing. So you do know about this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So generally, when these are done, they're using uh, index-based universal life insurance policies. And what they promise is that you're able to get your funds tax-free out of it. Right. Mm -hmm. And this is a new key phrase that, I don't know if it was some kind of... uh, You know, life insurance agents go to these uh, sales presentations where they give them new strategies to get people to open the door to them and meet with them and talk to them and try to sell them various forms of life insurance just dressed up as some kind of extra special thing that you're only in the know on. And Mm -hmm. most people aren't going to be aware that we can design this special design life insurance just for you 
that's going to give you all these great tax advantages and incredible earning power. How am I doing? Perfect. Yeah, Um, yeah, and the tax advantages, like you said, and the thresholds for losing money, um, being at like zero, but can go as high as whatever it's set out in the contract and so forth. Yeah. Yeah. So the thing is, with these structured programs, you have extremely high costs and commissions built into them. And so you're doing it because they hold out that idea of being able to access your money tax-free. Do they tell you the way you're accessing your money tax-free is to borrow? No, it wasn't specifically put that way. Okay, that's what you're doing. You're actually, the way you avoid tax is by borrowing from the plan. Well, the plan has to be cash flow positive for you to be able to borrow from it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so this is... This is an unbelievably complicated way for you to protect yourself going forward. And so what you're worried about is that you run out of money before you run out of years, right? Yes. Okay. And that's a natural concern. So what I have recommended in that case is that you take a certain amount of your money and you buy what's known as an immediate annuity. Now, usually I say annuities are cuss words, and you're not allowed to say that word on our show. But an immediate annuity is one insurance agents will never talk to you about because they're sold virtually without commissions available. But what they allow you to do is you take a sum of money and you turn it into a lifetime stream of income. So every month it's like creating your own pension. And you just get a check every month for as long as you live. If you die earlier than expected, you're not going to know that (laughs) money didn't keep paying, right? Right, yep. But um, I really like those. I also like another thing that's an annuity that is a longevity annuity, where you only have to worry about your money lasting typically to age 80 or 85, because at that point, the insurance company pays you a huge check per month because they're betting you're not going to live that long. A lot of people who bought these don't live that long, and you're creating a huge amount of money that you can get every month the rest of your life past age 80 or 85. So all the money you have, you can up to like 79 years and 364 days if you buy one that starts at age 80. You can have spent your last penny in the world and know the next day for as long as you live, you'll have the big check every month. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. Thanks for joining us today. The Clark Howard Show is produced by Kim Drobes, Joel Larsgaard, Deborah Reese, and Jim Ayers. And remember, 24 hours a day, we're there to serve you at Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com.